are listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bateman. Check out anxietycanada.com for more totally free anxiety resources, including our app MindShift CBT. My next guest is Kira Whale. Kira. Hi there. How are you, John? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. We're talking to you from Toronto or something like that, it seems like. That's correct. I'm in Toronto. Excellent. How are things in Toronto going? Pretty good. Better than Alberta. It's where my family's from, and I've heard there's snow, so <laughs> that <laughs> much def- better in Toronto. <laughs> definitely better, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, looking out the windows here in Vancouver, it's nice and sunny. Um, oh, great. Yeah, let me... Uh, I, I, I'd like to ask you, this is the name of our, our show today, uh, Our Anxiety Stories. Tell me, what's your anxiety story? Sure. So, my, my story is actually quite new. I'm... Um, I think I'm quite new to understanding what my anxiety is, and I never quite identified it when I was younger. Um, so it's something that I really just recently started to understand and read more about and talk to more people about. And um, I've kind of always just called myself a bit of a control freak, and that's kind of what I associated my my sort of my anxious moments with, just saying, "Oh, well, when I can't control something, it upsets me, and I get." Um, I get really worried and um, all of that, but I didn't quite connect it with the fact that I had anxiety um, until it progressively got worse in my older years and stress with work and personal life got a little bit heavier um, Mm -hmm. and I started having panic attacks. So it was Mm -hmm. um, trying to understand what was happening and for somebody like myself who um, likes to understand what's going on with me and my life and kind of have a good handle on what's going on, it was really scary not understanding what was going on or how to control my, my feelings and the reactions I was having in those moments. Right. Um, so it's kind of really led me to um, finding resources of how to understand what's going on and support such as a counselor and um, going to therapy and really trying to understand the cause of where my anxiety comes from and what sets me off and understanding my triggers and how to, how to manage that so I can still um, operate in my day-to-day life and not let it... Um, negatively impact my day. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting the fact, so you, you said you felt like, like did, did you always feel like you were, you were pretty um, introspective as a person? Yeah, by nature I'm very much um, an introvert, I would say, but in my work life as well, I have to put on an extrovert face quite a lot of the time. So um, in my personal time, though, I need a lot of time to myself and really to reflect and um, have some me time to really just check in and see how I'm doing. Um, so it's a hard balance trying to um, put on one face and then be able to have the time kind of to yourself at the same time so that you can get the energy to put on that extrovert face when you need to. Yeah, yeah. So you that's definitely something that's a part of your reality is that introvert, extrovert thing going on. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's something that um, can be really difficult, especially when... I find when I am struggling with my anxiety, being able to separate if it's something that's in my personal life that's causing it, being able to walk into work and flip my my game face on, if you will, and kind of be able to um, put that aside, even though I am having those feelings, and being able to separate my, my life a little bit so that I can still operate in my work and do all of that. So it can be really tricky sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, and perhaps you too, I'm somebody that everybody... On the out, on the outset, would consider to be an extrovert, um, mm-hmm. and the, by very fact of the, the the virtue of the fact that I'm hosting a show like this, that I'm an extrovert, um, and yeah. it, it's it's almost cliche to the point where it's getting 
tiring where I say, I'm no, I'm not really an extrovert. People just roll their eyes at me. Yeah, but, uh, that happens to me all the time as well. But when I say, oh, I'm an introvert and I really like my time by myself, they're like, really? I would have never guessed that because yeah. I, I can put on that face and I am in a setting in my work life where I do have to be an extrovert and put that um, different kind of different personality on in a way. Um, so when people find out that by nature, that's not really how I work. It's mm. a lot of people don't believe me when I say that right away. So yeah, and, I, and they, um, they don't always understand it when they catch you being an introvert. You know, yeah, exactly. What, what, they they're like, they're like, like what's wrong, wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? You're 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 not who who you're supposed to be, and almost yeah, like there's exactly. you don't almost like you don't have permission to have two more than one side to who you are. Yeah, definitely. You kind of feel like you have to justify why you need time by yourself. Yeah, because um, yeah. it's not how they see you normally in day to day life. So it's uh, it's hard to explain to somebody sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. in, in terms of um. I, I guess I'm wondering, in terms of your your treatment, how where did you go or how did you start with treatment? Do you use C, uh, CB cognitive behavioral therapy as as a primary treatment? Yeah, so it actually um, my kind of growing up throughout my life, a lot of my family has struggled with um, depression and anxiety and those sorts of things. And um, my sister actually is a really great was a really great resource for me. Um, she struggled a lot throughout her life and. Um, I was able to really lean on her and um, open up to her and ask, where do I start? Who do I talk to? What do I do? And um, she was really great with sending me some resources of um, how to start finding a therapist. And um, because it can be a little overwhelming when you're not sure who to talk to or what type of therapist would be good for you and um, trying to navigate that. Um, And then that's actually through all the research I was doing. I stumbled across Anxiety Canada and um, the app with MindShift and, um, and all the resources that they provide, and that was a really great starting point for me mm-hmm. um, to really start understanding what my options are, not just the therapy, because that's very important, but there's also lots of other resources available that can that can also help. Um, and so I use the MindShift app all the time. Oh, you do? I do, yeah. I find it really helpful to, to track my anxiety because um, I've kind of been able to identify um, what triggers my anxiety that way and really kind of keep an eye on it. Um, right. Similar to kind of when they're, they're doing, trying to eat healthy, writing down everything you're eating, it kind of makes you realize it. So when I'm yeah. actually logging how I'm feeling, it's really helped me connect it to what triggers my yeah, anxiety, which has been really helpful. That's a really good way of putting it, like a, like a, a, like a meal log or whatever, you know, yeah, you keep, yeah. but just for your emotions. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's super handy. I mean, whenever I, you know, I, I've said that I have a monthly CBT group I go to, and the very first thing we always do is we always do a check-in. And there's two okay. columns. There's an A and a D. One's anxiety and one's depression, and you do a zero to ten. And then mm-hmm. when the when the the uh, session is done, then we go back and, and reassess where we're at. And that's kind of okay. essentially what that is doing for you. Yeah, exactly. And it's just I find the more, the more I'm able to... Um, to realize how I'm feeling in the moment and identify it and also talk about it with people in my life and let them know, you know, I'm really feeling anxious right now when not feeling like I have to hide it or not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it has made a huge difference where I feel safe to, to tell people that it's happening and really help, that's really helped me try to understand what's going on and have the support in those moments to, to make sure that I can get through it okay and I have the people around that I need around and yeah. um, being able to talk about it is a, and identify it is a huge part of it I think. 
Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned there's a history of it in your family and uh, mm-hmm. specifically a sister. So um, how did you just by chance mention that you're feeling this way and she opened up or did you realize that she had had some issues with it and then you approached her? How, how did that work? Uh, it was a bit of both. So I was, um, my sister and I, um, we weren't always very close when we were younger, but as we got older, we, uh, we rely on each other a lot, even not far away not out in Alberta, yep. but, um, we call each other quite regularly. Um, mostly when it's, if we're having a hard day or, um, we kind of rely on each other to call and just talk it through. And when I was kind of talking about some of the feelings I was having, um, she was able to kind of identify, you know, have you, have you thought about maybe it could be this or have you thought about this? And um, she struggles with anxiety as well. So she was able to kind of say, does this happen or do you feel this? And it really helped me understand a little more what was going on because I would call her and, um, and say, I don't know what's happening. I'm having all these feelings or my heart's racing and I can't seem to calm down. And she was able to really help guide me through, I think you could be struggling with anxiety and help identify um, the different uh symptoms, I guess, that I was having. Is she older than you or younger than you? She's older than me. Interesting. I had the same experience, but backwards, where I, uh, I'm, my older brother called me and told me that he, he was experiencing anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. And this was well after I'd been all through all kinds of anxiety. It was a really, di- it was a really quite a difficult dynamic for me to, to navigate, you know, having somebody older than you that you kind of hold high in esteem, you know, going through this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pretty difficult thing. Yeah, and I, it was hard seeing my sister struggle when when I was younger be, because it's been something she's struggled with her whole life and seeing how much it impacts somebody. And the thing that I found the hardest was when you feel like you can't talk about it or you feel like you don't have the space to talk about it or share or people kind of shy away from responding when you say you're struggling with a mental illness or mm. whatever it might be. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's sad when it's one of those things that you people feel like you can't talk about. And I, I really feel strongly that the conversation needs to be a lot bigger where you can have those conversations in public and it's okay and it's supportive and um, it helps knowing that you don't have to be silent about what you're feeling inside. So my sister and I, it was hard to see her struggle with that. So I really tried to always touch base with her and have those conversations so she had somebody that she could talk to right. um, so she didn't feel alone in those moments. Yeah. Did your, did your, has your sister ever gotten into, you know, advocacy like you have? No, she hasn't. She's, um, she's a very shy. So that was kind of the biggest thing for her. She has a really hard time um, opening up outside of her, her comfort zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she has not done the same, but um, I know she has the same feelings about it, but she's quite shy in terms of out about it. Oh yeah, I don't. I, I I didn't mean that in terms of she better start advocating now. It's oh, just no, that, no, yeah, no. it's just that I I find it interesting. You know, two people from the same family and one person is inspired to do it and somebody else is not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think people, you know, with with anxiety can serve people in different ways. And your sister uh, has certainly served a huge purpose in in helping you. Oh, absolutely. And it's just I think it's also given me the. Um, the passion to want to talk about it because I saw her struggle of feeling like she couldn't. So I really wanted to be able to make it a really easy conversation for people to have because it's, it's heartbreaking seeing somebody struggle quietly. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you do this? Is it something in your regular life where you just kind of, you're, you're an advocate, you, you open up to people kind of, you know, on one side of the spectrum, perfect strangers or friends or family. How, how do you conduct yourself day to day that way? Uh, 
I'm really open with with kind of the people that I interact with in my life. I would say I tend to I tend to be more open with my close circle of people. Yeah. Um, but whenever the topic of um, of mental health comes up, I'm very vocal about how I feel about it, no matter yeah. what the platform is. Yeah. Um, even in my work life, there's um, lots of conversation around um, mental health applications and that sort of thing to help raise awareness about it. And I'm really involved with showing the importance of making those tools available to people. So yeah. whenever it comes up and, you know, I try to fundraise and I do some of the, the mental health walks that happen here in Toronto and yeah, do some fabulous. fundraising for it, anything I can do to help make the conversation a bit more easy. Yeah. Um, I like to, to say something because then I feel like maybe there will be somebody who feels like they can't talk about it yeah. that will then talk to me about it and maybe I can help. Well, I mean, obviously it helps. Um, you know, each each person speaking up is such a huge part of this process. Uh, you know, because I'm I'm older. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing by the sound of your voice, I'm older than you. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, from my in my it, it's I've just found it really interesting talking to people from of different ages. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, something that I that I hope to explore, you know, in the future is how it's how. Or, or maybe with a future interview here today is is how the language around anxiety has changed and how it's now called anxiety. Whereas when I was young, it was called you know being nervous or be having mm-hmm. the having fits or there's all so so many different le- different words to describe it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing that I really like now is I feel like with all the work everybody's doing, um, it's not such a it's not a word you don't hear about very often anymore. It does come up quite a lot, and there's so many people that come out now talking about it and um, you definitely see a difference when let's say I talk to my parents about it there's yeah. a huge difference in the conversation with them versus with you know my friends or yeah. um, so you definitely notice a difference in um, depending on the demographic of who you're talking to what the conversation is but yeah. I, I really like seeing that it's going in the direction of um, it's a it's a positive conversation to have and it's healthy yeah yeah for sure uh, Kira, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. It's, it's important for everybody that you're doing this. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Okay, keep going. We'll talk soon. You sounds great. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bateman. Check out anxietycanada.com for more anxiety resources, including our app MindShift CBT. And if you like what you hear, please consider making a donation. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Until next time.